Hello, my name is Pastor John Hardman with the Quincy Church of the Nazarene. Today's date is September 25, 2022. The text for our sermon today will be coming from 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I'll begin reading at verse 6. 2 Timothy verse 6, starting at verse 6. Letter from the Apostle Paul to Timothy. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we could take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and in a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunged men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in an unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life, the reading of God's word. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dearly Father, Lord, we recognize you as the, the real teacher here. So Father, I just ask that you'd put upon us uh, through your presence, your spirit, that we would learn uh, the boundaries uh, with money and wealth. But Lord, that we would focus and center in, center in on living a Christ's likeness in such a way that people would realize that we have Christ in us. Father, this is possible through you. Make it possible. Make it so. In Jesus' name, amen. Verses 6 through 10 definitely deal with how one views wealth in our world and as Christ followers. I believe in the past when I read this ver these verses, I wrongly heard money is the root of all evil. That, however, is not how or what the, pe the Bible teaches. 
It is the love of money which is the root of all kinds of evil. Huge difference. Paul starts out with the art of contentment. <laughs> Verse 6 in the NIV words it, but godliness with contentment is great gain. The New Living Translation, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. And Eugene Peterson, a devout life does not bring wealth. But it's the rich simplicity of being yourself before God. Contentment that I'm talking about can only be found in Christ Jesus. The world offers a form of contentment, but every effort or device offered only leads to a longing for more. <laughs> Satan can only offer substitute for the real thing. Every substitute leads to addiction, loneliness, emptiness, and shame. Contentment our text is talking about can only be found when we surrender everything to God and to his control. Living for God through Jesus changes everything. When we apply God's word to our lives, when we start taking on the attributes of Christ in our everyday actions, contentment can be found. For example, <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed now, pre-Christ, I thought all I really needed to be content in this world and to have the world by the tail is if I owned a Radio Shack Tandy TRS-80 computer. <laughs> I know it sounds silly now, but after I surrendered my will to Christ, <laughs> owning a computer at all was the least on my mind. You have your own stories, but true contentment True contentment can only be found in Christ. If you have God's contentment, you have great gain. Meaning contentment is not contingent on circumstance or situations. In a letter to the church in Philippi, Paul writes, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yeah. That was Philippians 4, 11-13. This letter offers warning as well. Verse 9 of our text. People who want to get rich fall into temptation. Did you hear that? Who want to get rich, fall into a temptation. It's not a sin, but it's a temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men and women into ruin and destruction. Then he goes on to say, for the love, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money, Paul says, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. We, we all have examples that we can share. Christ followers, it would be tragic for your soul to replace God with money. Hmm. 
early in our marriage, Kathy and I were trying to make a financial decision, and God directed our attention to Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? After being cautioned about the love of money, Paul transitions to, but you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Some versions single out the man, Timothy. I'm sure that is a correct way to translate it, but I tend to think more inclusive to include all followers of God. For example, but you, you, children of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. <laughs> Paul is saying, hear this, children of God, flee all things Satan and live out the things of God. Pursue righteousness, live out faith, love, godliness with endurance and gentleness. Live out your life as a true Christ follower. Then he goes on to say, fight the good fight of faith. <laughs> People don't normally associate Christianity with fighting in the Western world. Often Christians are thought of as wimps, willy-nilly, taking the, the path of least existence. But just the opposite is true. It's much easier to go along with the crowd than to stand up for what is right. It's much easier to go along with your peers and to say, no, I am not doing that. The verb tense used here implies that this is an ongoing fight requiring diligence and discipline. This fight will take everything you have to succeed. But there is reward for those who are willing to fight the good fight. So hold on and don't give up because the prize is eternal life. <laughs> I love thinking about eternal life. Uh, this year I turned 65. Uh, or I have turned 65. I have to tell you, it went by extremely fast. Any moment, my life could be over. And you wouldn't feel that bad for me because I lived my life. 65 years old is less than a single drop of water in the ocean compared to living forever and ever. Christ followers, hold tightly to the prize. Here's my confidence. Jesus said in John chapter 4, 24, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent him has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Praise God. Christ followers, hold tightly to eternal life. Paul reminds us that Paul is watching and holding up Christ's confessions and testimony before Pontius Pilate as our example. Let me read it to you. 1 Timothy 6.13 And the sight of God who gives life, I just love that, who gives life to everything. And of Christ Jesus who will testify, oh, excuse, excuse me, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you. 
to keep this command without spot or blame, without appearing until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. In my mind's eye, I can see Paul writing this letter to Timothy. When he gets to this point in the letter, he breaks out in praise. <laughs> God, the blessed and holy ru only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, who lives in an unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever and ever. I want to go with ever and ever. Amen and amen. <laughs> The hymn writer Walter Smith uh, in 19, I mean, excuse me, in 1867, I must have been reflecting on Paul's letter when he worded this praise. Immortal, invisible, God only wise, in light, inaccessible, hid from our eyes. Most blessed, most glorious, the ancient of days, almighty, victorious, thy great name we praise. Unresting unhasting, and silent as light, nor wanting nor wasting, thou rulest with might. Thy justice like mountains, high soaring above, thy clouds which are fountains of goodness and love. To all life thou givest, both great and small, in all life thou livest, the true life of all. We blossom and flourish as trees of leaves on a tree, and wither and perish, but not changeth thee. Great Father of glory, pure Father of light, thine angel adorn thee, all veiling their sight. All praise we would render, O oh, help us to see, tis only the splendor of light hideth thee. Paul, like all good preachers, I'm being kind of sarcastic here. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean the end of the sermon just because you hear a doxology. Hmm. Like Paul and other great preachers, he just took a breath. Paul again goes back to the original message. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in faith, which is so uncertain excuse me, their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Earlier, Paul was addressing those who long to get rich. Now Paul is addressing or talking to those who are already wealthy. Don't be arrogant. Don't put your hope and desires on our wealth, but hope in God. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, you will lay up treasures for yourselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of this life that is truly life. On the Sermon of the excuse me, on the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus talked about treasure. Matthew 6, 19 and 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
I hope you can hear the Lord this morning. That we are to make sure we are storing up treasures in heaven, investing in eternity. This includes tithing, giving church offerings into our into offerings for our missions projects. In general, any monies given unselfishly to meet the needs of others, especially the poor, is investing in eternity. For where your treasure is, Christ said, there your heart will be also. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, oftentimes uh, we have a blind spot concerning wealth and uh, money, possessions. But Father, I just ask that we can come to grips, that we wouldn't uh, uh, replace things for our faith in you. Because, Lord, you are truly our hope and salvation. Only you have the words of eternal life. And, Lord, may we uh, uh, focus our attention on laying up treasures in heaven, unselfishly giving to you and to your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Until we meet again, God bless you.